Welcome back to Advanced VS, everybody. 27 Club Part 3. That's right, we are still talking about people who died before they reached 30. Uh, and we do that because we talk about one topic for an entire month. Four straight weeks. Uh, and it's, there's, it's not just me, guys. I'm not just one guy who's going to talk about people who died when they're 27. Oh, there's, no. I, I oh, chose this topic. Oh, I'm Caleb. What's that voice? Who's that? Oh, oh, it's Caleb Woodley. Uh, Caleb Woodley over there. <laughs> My name's Logan Nielsen. There should, there's someone sitting next to us, too. I'm Steve. Steve! Oh, Steve! Everybody Hi. loves Steve. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And we sorry, we are, we've moved this week um, into the 27 Club into uh, Jimi Hendrix. Yes. Is, uh, I would say one of the more popular members of the I group. I would, I would say the most I would popular. say the most famous of the 27 Club. Or for, for being known in the 27 Club. And only be, the only reason I say most famous is because he's the only one on this entire list that actually is ranked on several different lists as not only being sometimes listed as the number one guitarist of all time, uh, he's also the number in the top 10 for artists on most lists. For yeah. like if rock artists, if you had a top 100, he makes the top 10 of rock artists. I'm, I'm glad you said rock artists. And when it's a rock guitarist, like instrumental rock guitarist, right. because that is a important distinction because of how big, like if you just say guitar player, how right. big that genre is. Yes. But as far, but as, far as, guitar, as guitar man. Yeah. Guitar but especially man. electric guitar, like he's the number one. Uh, yeah, uh, he's he's a, he's a fancy string boy. Ele electric guitar in the rock genre. Yes, and, and there are again, a lot of there are a lot of other names that some lists do have him below. I mean, there's there's Clapton, there's Jimmy Page, yeah. there's Prince, there's uh, stuff George like Harrison. That. George Harrison. Yeah, but he always makes the top ten he's, for artist and guitar, no matter what, and almost always top five for guitar. Yeah, uh, no matter what list it's on. So that's why I think he's probably the, was, yeah, the biggest rock, name on our sure. list. Uh, that and uh, with that, he's also. I mean, I think I said it last episode, but like I put on Jimi Hendrix music, and I'm still like, man, that is just super oh, intricate. Yeah. And the fact that he did it backwards and upside down. Yeah, he taught himself to play backwards. Uh, Flip the uh, guitar over because he's yeah, left-handed. Not, not backwards, but upside down. <laughs> yeah. Upside down. He basically just turned the yeah. guitar to the other hand and learned yeah, to play. Yeah, the right-handed guitar. Yep. And yeah, so all the well, I mean, I said upside down. Uh, because the strings, uh... I know what you mean. Yeah, yeah. Do you know what no, no, no. I, Upside down, I was saying, saying he learned how to play backwards means he, like, it, it's full dyslexia. Right. <laughs> That's yeah. what I mean. Is I mean, not, he did, he like, did put as the you guitar, get close, he as you get the guitar behind his head. He put the guitar behind his head, As you get closer, it gets lower. Yeah. Closer yeah. To the... He only knew how to play it upside down and behind his head. Yeah, and, like, it was just really backwards tough. somersaults and yeah. stuff. Do you know what his first stringed instrument he ever played was? Uh, I do not. What is A one-stringed ukulele he got from a woman woman when they were like moving her stuff out of the house his dad refused his no, <laughs> no his, his dad good. his dad refused to buy him a guitar so he learned to play he played a bunch of songs like elvis songs by playing along with one string on a ukulele that's dedication to, yeah. to wanting to play something doesn't it make you hate him a little bit for like just being for, so great for, for yeah for getting for like being able to start with that and be like i'm gonna become one of the greatest but <laughs> like, when he got his first and, guitar and when i finally get another guitar i'm still not gonna do it right i'm gonna do it my own way yeah <laughs> like, but when he got his first guitar he did they did say he played it like six hours a day minimum that's fine, you know? so yeah, and i that is something that is is just on in your brain and like we i have it for other things but like i've i've never been able to stick with music well well you know? and you'll you'll actually see as we get into this caleb and i are going to cover cover jimmy hendrix with the stuff we found but and honey and just cover just nice glaze but <laughs> but the thing is it's my gladiator name <laughs> yeah it is <laughs> go back to game show month <laughs> um but uh he he was almost there, there is a weird thing in his brain. He was almost addicted to playing guitar yeah. before he knew what a guitar was. And the reason I say that, we'll get into this, but when he was a little kid and he was putting this... He just walked around saying guitar. I'd never seen one before. He was in a, he was in a school and it was basically like... He, he went through so many like fa foster families and moved around to different relatives because his parents were alcoholics. They fought a lot. There was a lot of issues there. They actually ended up getting divorced, but... There was a point where he was in school and the teacher went to his father and said, I'm concerned about him. I think you should get him a, a guitar because he was worried about psychological damage because for over a year, little Jimi Hendrix was walking around with a broom and refused to let it go. It was almost like a security blanket. And he's holding it like a guitar? Yes. Or? Really? And just everywhere, every class, down the hallway, wherever he was, he just held this broom. Weird. Before he ever handled a stringed instrument. 
Man. And they said, like, you need to get him a, a guitar. He's so obsessed with this object being a guitar, and it's not that, like, if you don't get him a guitar, he's going to lose sense of what's real. Yeah. Like, that Weird. kind of thing. And then, and then the dad's response was, no. There's, no but it's, <laughs> but there's, like, that's, that's, He'll be fine. That's not the first time, uh, or it, that won't be the only time, especially in our talk, it won't be the only time where the words, like, obsession will be used to describe his, A, love of music and, and talent and stuff. Like, he's very... It's it's overwhelming how yeah, much. Usually, usually the the amazing savants that's where it comes from. Yeah. It's just it's, like it's, it's something in their brain they, they can't, can't turn stop. off. Yeah. That's why a lot of them lose their minds. Yeah. But yeah. Do you so, guys did you guys remember? Sorry, I'm just good still about Jimi Hendrix, but you guys remember that stupid like uh, Pepsi commercial that happened? That was if it was like. Uh, I, it was either a Pepsi or Coke. It was, it was either Pepsi talking shit about Coke or Coke talking shit about Pepsi. I think it was Pepsi talking shit about Coke. And it was like a little kid's walking down the street and it's like, oh, 19, yeah. like 1958 okay. or whatever. And then he looks up and it's a Pepsi machine in front of a guitar shop. And then you hear uh, the beginning of Purple Haze. And then he turns around and the Coke machine's from an accordion store and it starts playing Purple Haze on accordion. Yeah. And it's like... What if Jimi Hendrix made the wrong choice? And I was like, "Wow, wow. yeah, <laughs> that's insane." That's, I yeah. li- I like it and I hate it. Like it's like it's, Coke, a, it's a cute idea, but it's almost like you need to do it with someone who's alive. Like, yeah. oh, <laughs> like Coke, know, Coke is a gateway soda to accordions, though. There's true. one time I went on a, a straight Coke Zero bender mm. and woke up in Germany with an accordion wearing those those fucking shorts later, later yeah yeah, yeah it was it was awful yeah. took me years to get off the accordion couldn't stop yodeling <laughs> uh, i was trying to do a yolo yodelo joke and it did not it didn't translate in my brain it was gold but it uh, you only yodel once uh, yo-yo. Yeah, yeah. yo yo <laughs> there it was there we, there go. Go. we got there again right, we softballed it all right here we go uh so he was born Johnny Allen Hendricks in November 27th of 1942. Johnny? Johnny. Didn't know that. Interesting. Exactly. Uh, and I, I was discussing with someone earlier, like, it's not too far of a leap. If, no. he had, if, he had, if he had kept Johnny and he had been Johnny Hendricks, we, that that doesn't shake my brain, like, completely yeah. if he had been, like, if he had just kept Johnny Hendricks. I, and I, what about if it was Julian? Julian Hendricks? Or Jonathan Hendricks. Hmm. Not, I mean, it just doesn't have the same, like, thing. But, but even even the comparison between Johnny and Jimmy, Jimmy feels right, and I mean, maybe that's just because of... Because you know it. Yeah, just because just I know it. Because you've known it for your But, like, that also, the, the spelling is J-I-M-I, and, like, yeah. it just feels, like, kind of cooler. I don't know why. Yeah. Well, they, they had him change his name to that. Yeah? To be cooler. To be cooler? Because he did, when he was in his first bands, it was Jimmy Hendrix, J-I-M-M-Y, mm-hmm. and his manager, we'll talk about later, said, you should be J-I-M-I, it's cooler, it's hipper. Like, nice. that kind of thing. It was, it, was, it was becoming an industry of cool. Yeah. For sure. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, anyway, so... Uh, he was probably one of the first big versions of that, too, of taking... Of, like, of the industry of taking someone being like, look how cool this guy is. Oh, yeah. Like, they're already cool people, but I think this was, like, the first real embrace well, of the counterculture. They, it was like, we have to make this look cool. But the thing about Jimi Hendrix is, he was fucking cool. He was, he was cool. He was Absolutely. Cool. And we'll we'll go through all the famous people who played with him or got to see him play. Yeah. And we're talking like big names. We'll get into like some of the Beatles, Clapton, stuff like that, who saw him and said, the performance itself changed how I looked at music. These are from people who were, at oh, the time, right. they were already bigger than the world. Yeah. Or, and change, then or changing music themselves. Yeah. And they just go, it, my life was never the, my musical life was never the same after watching him perform once. Yeah. Just his stage presence, the way he handled a guitar, mm-hmm. um, just, just the degree of like, I'm going to play yeah. this guitar and you're going to sit there and fucking like right. it. That I, kind of thing. And I, he got kicked out of a lot of bands for that. They said he was upstaging them and there are famous musicians who watched him and then he got kicked out soon after for like, you're upstaging the band. And they said he was never upstaging them. He was just so fucking solid and confident yeah. that all eyes are drawn to him. And then the other people in the band are like, oh, way to steal the show. Yeah, but being and, good. Yeah, they're like, because he said he said he, he all his onstage theatrics. And people like, there were never any theatrics. The theatrics actually came when he Later. went solo. solo yeah. And when he was playing with the experience. Yeah. So, sorry. No, 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 it's great. No, you're great. No, it's absolutely perfect. Uh... uh <laughs> We're starting there. Yeah, don't apologize for yeah. talking about what we're talking yeah. about. Uh, he uh, was born in Seattle, Washington, um, and he started actually playing guitar. Besides the uh, the one string, 
and the uh, broom, and the broom. Uh, it was he was 15 when he people, finally people started don't playing guitar. Give him guitar. credit for being the greatest broom player. <laughs> he was. No, that's true. First and greatest broom first player and greatest ever, broom and player. first and greatest probably one string ukulele player. Yeah, probably. Mm-hmm. And so probably. he didn't, he didn't get his guitar to guitar. Hold on, hold on. <laughs> Take it again. Go ahead, go ahead. And, uh, yeah. Someone give me an action here. So he didn't get his guitar until he was 15? That's right, That's Logan. Right. No, he didn't. <laughs> <laughs> sorry, I fucked up at the second line there. I'm sorry. Uh, it turned into a demon I, there. Sorry, I, I squealed. I squeal. I do that sometimes. Uh, yeah. I panic. Uh, yeah, so it was 15 when he got his instrument. And uh, this is, I mean, we can get into this later, but his actual music, his why, mainstream... Why do we keep saying we're going to get into stuff later? We're talking like, about well, it. I mean, Next month. The, the mainstream, <laughs> his career in mainstream music only lasted... Four years. Yes. Okay. Like that's that, true. That's that true. to me, like he is such a far-reaching, like, and we were talking again about the influence, but like such a far-reaching influence that like only four years he was active, like that blows my mind. And he's so in so many bands. Um, so we're still at the beginning. So that's true. He, he did have an, an insanely short career. Yeah. For everything. Well, he was yeah. he he dropped. We'll, we'll get into this later. <laughs> he, he dropped out of high school. He didn't graduate high school and went into uh, the army. He had, yeah, that's uh, that's right. Uh, he enlisted in the army and he trained. That's as a right, Stephen. That's right, Stephen. Uh, well, the reason he did the military service was uh, law enforcement authorities had caught him twice riding around in stolen cars. Yes. Oh, that's right. They so gave him an like, option. It they was said, option. And this they was said, the era that's of right. army or prison. I, I remember. I've, I've heard that story. Yeah. yeah of, that's why he did it. And that was because like, I think I've seen people like try to like you know when back, I mean they still happen but like you know bullshit memes of uh, you know just like oh and then that student who argued for God was Albert Einstein but I think I saw one one time that was like even Jimi Hendrix believed in the army and I'm like and it was like no he, it's because no. he didn't want to go to jail no no, no well, he, he thought the army was better than prison yeah, <laughs> yeah. and we'll and we'll absolutely get into his feelings on the army um, also by the way side note but I brought up that Albert Einstein thing if you share that it's bullshit most people have said there's no there's he was a devout atheist and he and was also Jewish before that right. and then also there's no record of him ever saying that yeah. nice anyways um, uh, let me let me give really quick just really he was also a douchebag Einstein? Einstein? Yep. Oh, he was also a, a bit of a he was also a bit of a, a, a scamp, a flounderer. Oh, for sure. oh well, yeah. And uh, he, a lady killer. And had a yeah, he murdered a lot of women. No, 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 no. He was, and then his wife that he had, he had rules for her. He had a written list of rules, and a lot of them were like, "You will not have sex with me." I do not want you to be around me when I'm working. Like, and it was just or like, when I'm having sex with others. Or I'm having sex with others. <laughs> yeah, other his letters. He had like something like ten mistresses or something. Oh yeah, like they would write letters respect. to. And yeah. but I'm sorry, I'm sorry. I did Albert that. Feinstein. Mm. That was terrible. I'm sorry about that. Uh, so no, 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 no. He was fine. Okay. He was no, no, no. Fine. Don't you dare apologize. You've seen that. the pics. No, have you seen that? Seen that have tongue? That tongue. We were all there. We were all there. We all met in the middle. We all met Albert Einstein's tongue. That's what we did. Uh, uh, then spent the weekend. Uh, a weekend on that soft parade. So, hey guys, if you haven't listened to episode two, we talk about soft parade. Yeah, go back to that <laughs> right now. Uh, no, uh, stop <laughs> listening and go. So, Jimi Hendrix's parents. I just want to get this out of the way right now. So, like his parents, Lucille and Al. Al uh, served in the military as well um, back in World War II, but he actually left to go serve three days after being married to Lucille. She was already pregnant with Jimmy. Um, his commanding officer or whatever was afraid of him trying to leave basic training to go be with his son when he was born, that he put him in the barracks, locked him up for, in the stockades for two months around the time that the birth was supposed to happen to keep him from going AWOL. And I don't know if this was like a, this is just to protect you, or if he really just was like, you're not leaving and I'm going to make sure you don't go anywhere. I can see it being either. I yeah. could also, I could also just see it as, yeah, you're not leaving. And... Not to, to, was, I mean, his dad was black, right? Yeah. So, I'm just saying there's also a, like, yeah, no, you're not running out of here, bad word. And, uh, well, uh, you know, know, maybe. Uh, this you know, is 1942. That's what I'm saying. That era race a, element. Yeah, yeah Oh, sure. and 42 also, yeah, World War II. Yeah. That, that's, it was World War II, yeah. That's what I'm saying. So, there's also. Like, this was us entering the war. So, there's war. also, we can't, we can't let anybody go, and then especially, you have no rights in the eyes of, of yeah. me. Yeah, yeah. The character. 
The character. No, no, no I know. We know. <laughs> but, so anyway, he he did serve him. Guys, it's been rough for black people in this country. Yes, that's true. <laughs> is what I'm trying to say. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. It's my overall statement. Uh, but 1940. I mean, weird. Not, yeah, say, we get there's it. There's been racism. There's been... There's been... Dogs and there, hoses and... Yeah. Uh, 1942. He's in the military. Rodney King. Yes, thank you. <laughs> I'm sorry. He I'm doesn't sorry. see Jimmy until 1945. So not until Jimmy's three years old does mm-hmm. he actually go to get to see his son. Right. Um, and then that's when they are fighting. They get divorced. And actually the father gets custody of Jimmy and his brothers. Um, oh, really? Then, yeah. And not the mother. But the mother was... A se- the father had alcohol problems and was an alcoholic. The mother was a severe alcoholic. She died Ooh. of cirrhosis of the liver oh, um, after the the boys were taken away and everything. She died in 1958. And when she died, the father denied the boys the right to go to her funeral and instead gave the two oldest, Jimmy being the oldest of all of them, but the two oldest sons, a shot of whiskey and saying, this is how real men deal with uh, loss. Oh. Is with a shot of whiskey. Sounds like a good guy. So that's oh, that's mine. That that gets us up to him being fifteen, getting his first guitar, going and the, to the military. The the first song he ever learned when he was fifteen is the Peter Gunn theme. Peter Gunn theme. theme. The theme. Oh, that one. Okay. Yeah. Which a lot of pet, was, sorry, a lot was, of pet bands play that now. Sorry, I, I was thinking. I was thinking Peter North. Uh-huh, that's a different theme. Sploosh. He's a porn star. If you didn't know, he's yes. a porn. Yeah. Porn star. Sorry. Go ahead. Now back to the army. So uh, We're going back to the army. Sure. So he was in the army, and uh, he wrote his dad and said, like, right now, because he didn't. That's right. We're talking he about his dad. He didn't like the army, and he wrote to his dad and said, like, I need my guitar now more than ever. And it was at his uh, girlfriend Billy Jean's house. They got the guitar and mailed it to so him. Billy Jean was his lover, and this was indeed this was an electric guitar. His dad actually, when he he bought his own acoustic guitar at fifteen uh-huh. for five dollars. Then his dad, he played in a band and realized he, he played with people who had electric instruments and he couldn't be heard over everybody. His dad then actually did go out and buy him a guitar in uh, 1959. So, so, yeah, so now that, well, at least if you're going to do it, yeah. I, don't, I don't want you being shown up. I want and he might have shown some promising talent. The dad goes, oh, wow, you're actually oh, probably, pretty yeah. good. And this was when he was 17 he got this. This is the guitar that Jimmy, when he's in the military, saying, dad, please send me my guitar. I'm, I want it. I need it. And we'll Cold, s- lonely nights. I'm, I'm so lonely. I need a conjugal from my guitar. <sighs> well, I mean, sort of. As we get into, I mean, like not not specifically. Excuse but, me. No, but he needed like he he was so depressed without his guitar. Right. Uh, like, I, I was implying that he fucked it. Oh. And then you said sort of. <laughs> well, what, I mean, he was fingering it for sure. For sure. For sure. <laughs> that's, that's how you play it. Mm-hmm. Really, really. Pluck- I'll just leave. Really plucking it. <laughs> really plucking it, yep. giving it a good plucking. Yep. Uh, so like nobody. And he like, played it behind his head, so that's like a reach around. <laughs> oh, he can also play it with his teeth. <laughs> not, but not too much teeth. No, just the just, right amount. Just, just a little right bit. Uh, so like, uh, so it, 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 it oh, had. Oh, uh, died at twenty-seven. Uh, <laughs> he had his girlfriend's name written on it. It was a Dan, Elect- uh, Dan Electro guitar. <laughs> Dan Lamp. You were just making guitar noises. You know, it was a real like a real a real squiggly wow, a real squiggly wiggly Uh So uh, he had like his girlfriend's name on it, and like he like played it obsessively again, like all the time. He was playing it so much so that he was uh, neglecting some of his duties uh, and as an army man, as a, as a mm-hmm. serviceman, and uh, he would he started missing uh, like. Uh, like bed checks, and he started missing like uh, like he would take naps and stuff during other times because he would just oh he was just always playing. Now, and, I, uh, and I've never been in the military. Okay, what I've heard though, they don't like when you don't show up for stuff. Yeah, no, they're not into it. Uh, That's what they're I've not heard. into it. Both his commanding office, his drill sergeants, and the other soldiers like hated. Sorry, well they yeah. started like well they started like taunting him and like he was getting like physical abuse and like things like that based on like. Just always having his guitar, uh, and then they hit his guitar. Oh, and just he had a time. breakdown. And he, and he oh, really? Shit, like, they they actually gave it back like, to because, him because like, of how much holy he was like shit. he was like begging and like just losing his fucking mind because yeah. he didn't have they it. They stole it and hit it, and he it was like a lost joke. His and he mind. lost his shit. 
Mm. And to Straight the point that all the soldiers are like, let's oh, give it back oh, to him. That's th- yeah, no, I'm uncomfortable. Is, yeah, just hearing this, these parts already, it, it makes sense why he became a great because it was something just in his brain that needed to happen, yeah. and also makes sense why he started doing drugs. Not only for the rock and roll lifestyle, but it's like a lot of that comes from being able, just needing to shut it down but did, for a doesn't second. Doesn't it seem like a weird form of like I don't want to diagnose someone with him doesn't it seem like a weird form of autism that like it's one of those things that he was so yeah, obsessed with the guitar that when it was taken yeah. away he just lost it I, yeah. I would absolutely i would think any any musical savant is on some sort of spectrum yeah for sure like, but and, that that seems and I'm, and like I'm, that and we're not saying that in any dismissive way it, it's no. just it, they've you know especially too is he's he's neglecting duties and stuff so there's he's he doesn't he's not thinking of responsibility but he has a thing in his brain that that needs to be done yeah and he and is so fucking good at it he can learn how to do it backwards upside down and around the other way like sweeping it is it is he can use it to sweep and it is completely sound based his talent it's not like because i don't think he read music he just it's from probably not if he didn't even really even know what a guitar was but already hold it the right way yeah he was already ready to play a guitar before he really ever had one or really even yeah. knew to and play he, one like, and he did learn to play from listening to music yeah not reading, reading and that's music. and that's yeah that's just a different uh, that's just something that has to be in your brain like you can get better at hearing music right. but to just pick up an instrument and be like oh no i hear that like that that is just something that clicks yeah you know so uh he uh he was uh playing in the like the it was like the mess hall or like the the army lounge or something like that. And mess hall. I mean, he's good at sweeping. He should have cleaned it up. No, sweet around. Taking Hendrix to task. <laughs> uh, but uh, Billy Cox was the name of a fellow serviceman who heard him and loved the way he played and like was very complimentary of it. And uh, he uh, rented a bass or like stole a bass guitar or something and like was just jamming okay. with him. <laughs> I was thinking military bass. Oh, sorry. He stole a military bass. He rented a bass guitar. A bass guitar. put on a show. Yep. And uh, they actually jammed together. Yeah, they jammed together, and they started a, they started a band called uh, The Casuals, which is one of my favorite names of a band. It's, it's, and great that they were in the military. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> so <laughs> great. The Casuals. The Casuals. Uh, and that was, like, the first band. They should have called in. themselves the, the first bands. Ooh, <laughs> nice. I like that. The As You Words. The, uh, the Field Rests. Um... Uh, he when he completed his training, it took him about eight months to complete his full training uh, while he was enlisted in the army to be a paratrooper. Yeah. And oh. He, but when he did it, he received a prestigious rank of he got the Screaming Eagle patch, which I don't know what that entails, but I know it was prestigious. It sounds cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What uh what what year was this? What, what uh, whereabouts was he in the military? Sixty something, I'm guessing. Yeah, like sixty. He was nineteen. I so sixty one. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, 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 no, it was, uh, well, 61, 62, January of 62, pardon me, it was January of 62 mm. that he finished, uh, the training and got the Screaming Eagle patch. Yeah. By February, however, uh, everyone was kind of over him, because of all of the napping and the not showing up to, uh, to bed well, they, they and, rock and, and It sounds like style. he had actually just, a nice person above him. Well, it was, it was, it was a personal conduct issue, uh, and it, it was becoming a concern to his superiors. It wasn't yeah. so much like it was um I don't know, they labeled him as an unqualified marksman and you know they caught him napping and missed that thing. Uh in a letter to higher up people who who would be in charge of like uh dismissing him or I forget what it's discharging discharge, him. Discharge, yeah. Uh they, they he wrote he's like he has absolutely no interest in the army whatsoever. Which is clear because he had to choose prisoner army and Right, the army. but it's not. They didn't have to do anything. They gave him an honorable discharge just for not liking being in the military. Well, and then he was Which back uh, then. That's all was, it took. <laughs> yeah. Well, it was. It was. It was funny because they. There's a this quote. This would be all in Vietnamish era too. Not quite. It started no. after this. Yeah. But, but weren't things kind of well gearing it, up? It's a, around there. Not in '61. The exact quote is. Uh, is it was, in my opinion, because it, it was right after Kennedy died, though, that was like that's was true. Like, well, his stuff was gearing up, but I, I don't think I'm, we I'm knew not. It. I'm not saying specifically in Vietnam, but tensions tensions all over. Yeah, because this would have been around uh, probably Soviet Cuban Union. missile crisis. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? Tensions so, were high. That's what I'm saying. Cold War shit. Was yes, going yes, down. yeah. So yeah, it's yeah. surprising that they were just like, "Ah, you want to be here? That's cool." So the rest of the quote is: "It is in my opinion that Private Hendricks will never come up to the standards required of a soldier." 
I feel the military service will benefit if he is discharged as soon as possible. <laughs> He's really weighing us down. If this guy leaves, the army will be better. Like that, yeah. was, that was the quote. And that's, that was, that's both very cordial and a nice way of putting it, and also like a real fuck you. <laughs> a little bit, but like... So he would, he would He's just, so bad at soldiering, he ruins the military. He makes us all kind of just... Uh, and I mean, I imagine part of that would have been like the rep he got for being so obsessive about guitar and doing all that stuff while they're like i'm kind of surprised they let him have the guitar at all yeah based on based on how much and that's why i really do wonder like how he behaved i'm sure there's many times they tried to make him do stuff and take i wonder how he reacted i wonder if it really was just like this guy's an absolute mess with the guitar out of his hands yeah i mean if he caused enough of a freak out that they were like oh my god just have it back like that means were they almost like childlike freakouts yeah that's what what i'm wondering like Like, i'm wondering i mean he's only about 19 at this point but still 19 20 19 or 20 years old i hope this isn't seen as a slight but that also goes kind of with the autistic you know potential you know because just there is a when they can't comprehend the thing like they do have freakouts you know what i mean and and i'm not meaning that to make fun of them but just it is and like that so that could totally be like no, this is the one thing that I that makes sense in my brain. Right. Especially, especially being stuck in the military, that would be like the one thing of his that he's right. like, no, this is what keeps me, keeps me happy. Yeah. You know? Well, I mean, that was even in the letter. Like, uh, he he was like, I need my guitar, like, just to yeah. survive. Uh, so a little over a year, he was in the military, and he was granted a an honorable discharge. On the basis of a little, un- little over un- a year, is all. Yes. <laughs> yes. Over all year. of this was one year. Yeah. Because yeah. the, the instead of prison. Yeah. And the prison, I, I you made the right choice. Well, yeah, no shit. Well, I think the prison sentence was uh, not quite a year, but it's also prison. It's prison. So, yeah. Uh, so and he wouldn't have a guitar. No, he would not have a guitar. Uh, so he was, uh, he was uh, discharged on the basis of unsuitability. Like, that was, that was the official... I didn't know that was a thing you could do. Yeah. He's non-army-ish yeah yep. un- honorable discharge so he got honorably discharged and he did, yes, yeah, he, did he did lie saying it's like honorable. He, he disliked the army uh, he falsely stated that he received a medical discharge after breaking his ankle uh that, his that was his story that, that was his story and that honestly it just makes you look better like I well it makes you look better than going i was really bad at army i and... could not hack it uh, yeah. well i guess not even that it's i don't like, like armying i like guitars like that's, yeah that's yeah, yeah. support uh, the troops cool yeah, so that's cool. that wraps up his uh, military yeah, military career, and he moves on to start doing music. And with, the rest uh, is history. Well, Thanks to, for listening. We well, he moved to Clarksville uh, with uh, uh, Billy Cox earlier, and then Clarksville, Tennessee, and then they started a band called King the King Casuals. Yep, but with two K's. Oh, so the Casuals was spelled with a K now. And that was at so this is the guy from military. He had to wait for this guy to be discharged, and then they formed this band together. Um, oh, okay. For Cox to be discharged as well. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't even mean to do that. <laughs> Woo! Uh, yeah, but they, they uh, yeah, and then they played stuff together. <laughs> wow. Go ahead. Sorry, kid. Go ahead. No, no, go ahead. Oh, okay. Uh, so. I mean, well, I, I mean, like, this, <laughs> neither of them want to read what they have. Well, I mean, it was the, uh, the, the gimmick of, like, playing with his teeth came to him in uh, Tennessee where he saw... Uh, Alfonso, Baby Boo Young, do it, and and Hendrix didn't want to be upstage, so he. Yeah, and it was one thing that like he saw gimmicks, and and Hendrix always said like I can do that, and if they're gonna do that, I'm gonna do it because I'm not gonna be behind anybody when it comes to stuff I can do with the guitar. And just playing the guitar makes so much sense to me that it. Right, like, I'm gonna learn to play with my not? teeth. If he's do doing it, I'm doing it. Yeah. Whatever. And he also has said like he said that there were places that you would go that that was what people wanted to see now. Was people playing with their teeth because other musicians were doing it? And yeah, like do it with your teeth, and like if you couldn't do it, especially at some of the places he was playing in, which were like dives and bars and stuff like that, like they would get upset if you wouldn't play the guitar yeah. with your teeth. No, eat it. Yeah, <laughs> start eating it. That sounds awful. Yep. I really would never want to play a guitar with my teeth, like ever. That does not sound fun at all. <laughs> nope. But then in '63, he started playing for backup bands. Yeah. Played behind Wilson Pickett, who's Mustang Sally is his big song. You know, Sam Cooke, who hopefully everyone knows Sam oh, Cooke music. Yeah. Amazing. And uh, Jackie Wilson, 
Uh, we'll say who Sam Cook is though. Just Sam Cook is uh, save uh, save the dance for me. Uh, uh, and, and Cupid. Don't know much about history. Yeah, just tons of stuff. Um, Darling, you send me that yeah, one. I'm just saying, a, a lot of people won't just know his. Go name look up Sam top. Cook. He's a phenomenal musician. We can say that about anything. Is just go look this up. Sorry. I'm saying give and then Jack, about Jackie Rick. Wilson as well. Uh-huh. Uh, Jackie Wilson's song that you'll really probably know. I'm just going 2. to my face. Ghostbusters two. The song that fuels the Statue of Liberty. That's Jackie Wilson. Yeah, but the original. Uh, yes, the original. Because that original. one's like a that, that one's a remake. A remake. Yeah, but yeah. Jackie Wilson has the original. Jackie Wilson also has uh, to lifting be me higher, uh, to be loved, which sorry, is sorry, lifting me better. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> from last episode. Callback. Um, Ooh, but right also he has from. the song to be loved, which is the song Eddie Murphy sings in Coming to America when he's walking through the streets of Queens at night. After he kisses the girl he likes, and he's like, To be loved! Oh, yeah. To be loved! Oh, what a feeling! And everyone's yeah. like, Shut the fuck up! Like that. Yes! That's yes, a... New York! Fuck you, too! <laughs> that's a, that's, a, Jackie I, that's a different song. scene, but I. <laughs> um, so he was playing backup for all of these huge musicians. Um, and then in 1964, he actually went and won first prize at the Apollo Theater during an amateur contest. Oh, uh, when he did that. That actually got him a job playing as a Permanent. These were just gigs that he'd play. That he would be in like for one gig with Wilson Pickett and did, stuff like that. Did they have the about the Apollo? Did they have the stump at that point? I don't know if they did. Because I'm like, has that stump then been, been, been touched, touched by, by Jimmy, Jimmy Hendrix? Hendrix? I don't know how long they've had the stump. Because yeah, I don't know either. Because if you don't know at the Apollo, it's there's a big stump off the side that you you touch as you walk on stage for luck. Yeah. And then the, and uh, everybody who's ever performed there since it's been there touches that. that touches it for sure. Um. And then I don't know. That'd be, that would be because the Apollo's been around for a long time. Very long I mean, time. really, really quick. And just, I'm gonna throw another music story at you guys, even though it has nothing to do with Twenty Seven Club. Buddy Holly played at the Apollo. Yes. Um, and they booked him yeah. because his band was Buddy Holly and the Crickets, and people had only heard him, and they thought it was an African American band. Oh, really? And he shows up, and people just start booing the hell out of his band, and he just goes in and starts playing, and by the end of the song, people are cheering. There you go. So that was, but they they booked him, and then the three guys showed up that were in Buddy Hall and the Crickets, and they went, "Who are you? <laughs> Who are you guys?" Um, but they they killed it. But uh, no, so Hendrix won an amateur contest at the Apollo. That got him a job as a permanent member in the backup band for the Isley Brothers. Oh, nice. Um, which Isley Brothers? Uh, they have a version of uh, "Twist and Shout" by the Beatles. They have uh, "It's well, Your Thing." Well, I was just gonna say the Beatles. Uh, the Beatles version isn't even the first. No, it's not theirs either. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. just they do a version yeah. too. But the Beatles is probably the most well known. Probably, yeah, yeah. And then after the Isley Brothers, Jimi Hendrix played for Little Richard in his band. Man, yeah, he played, he for, played for everybody. everybody. And then Jeez. Little Richard's brother fired him from the band. Not Little Richard, but his brother Robert, mm-hmm. Big Robert. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> Fired him from the band. Fired fired Jimi Hendrix from the band for his theatrics and upstaging Little Richard. Oh, so this is who he got. This is one of them. He got fired for well, I mean, if for he, upstaging if Little Richard. I say, can. If he was upstaging Little Richard, holy shit! Woo! Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I just say, this is this is a guy who wears glitter and yells woo. Like, how do you? Um, oh lord! But after he was fired from that band, this is when he formed the Jimi Hendrix Experiment. That was. Wait, experience. Experience. Oh, experience. Uh, so wait, well, the experiment. Let's see if this that, works out. Did he, wait, did he, had he played for uh, James Brown? Because I think he played for James Brown, didn't he? I, I haven't seen James Brown yet oh, no, in this stuff, so I'm kind of catching up. But when he was playing then... I think I'm, I'm not going to commit to that because we know that... And actually, right before he was playing for the Jimi Hendrix Experience, or created the Jimi Hendrix yeah. Experience, he was playing uh, for another group uh, called Jimmy James and the Blue Flames. Um, I like that name. I like that. He was seen... By a girlfriend who was a girlfriend at that time of Keith Richards. Yep. She loved him and introduced him to Keith Richards. Oh, wow. Keith Richards went to the manager of the Rolling Stones and said, you got to sign this guy. The manager came and watched him perform and said, that's not for me. Not, it's not going to be anything. Yeah. Um, another <laughs> another one of those great just moments of, nah, he's not going to be any good. Um, and so she, the girlfriend of Keith Richards, and I should give her name because I keep talking about her, but... Uh, um, Linda Keith, nice. who was dating Keith Richards. Uh, oh, really? Yeah. Linda Keith Richards. <laughs> that creepy. Uh, she was also friends with someone who was uh, a member of the Animals, which is the House of the Rising Sun band. Um, he, his name was Chaz Chandler. He was leaving the Animals. He was no longer going to perform with them. And he was looking into going into managing groups. So she introduced them, and he actually began to manage Jimi Hendrix. He's the one who said, J-I-M-I is what you should go by. Oh, okay. So so this guy that, that played for the animals. 
Um, and that's when Jimi Hendrix was performing the song Hey Joe. Uh, he loved that song, and that's what really, like, that's the one he went and saw and said, yeah, I'd like to manage this guy. Because um, that song fucking rocks. Um, but he also, this is the time that Hendrix starts to meet other musicians. Noel Redding uh, auditioned um, for the New Animals, which was along with that. Chaz, he was auditioning to be a new member of the... Of, the continuation of the animals, which would okay. be the new animals. Yeah. And actually, Jimmy saw him, and since he was working with Chaz, Jimmy got him to be in his band, which then became uh, Jimmy Hendrix, uh, the Jimi Hendrix experience um, at that point. And so, at that, they go what, to perform. Like just, just, what a, a crazy, quick career. Like, all that stuff. Oh, you, just all the people you run into. Because all that shit you just named happened in a very short period yeah like in less than a year that's well so many names so like just and so many people so much shit like that is like i'm like i it's just a lot to comprehend and then it really within a year that's crazy. Uh, pretty much yeah because his whole career is like four years yeah um then he goes to london and does some shows uh traveling across europe uh he actually goes to a cream show that sounded bad. He goes to the band Cream. Cream party. <laughs> he, go, he goes to a venue where Cream the band is playing. Yeah. And asks Eric Clapton, they're introduced, and he says, do you mind if I play a few songs? And he's a little bit well-known at this point with the Jimi Hendrix experience. And asks if he can play a few songs. He goes up there, and Clapton is one of the people who said, this was a musician who, watching him, changed my view of music. Um, just having him get up on the stage and play with Cream. Uh, <laughs> no, I'm sorry. It's the um, way you say "cream" is what makes it weird. But cream. and speaking of though, surprisingly short careers, like those guys kept going on, but Cream only put out the one album. Yes, like like the Police. It's the same thing. Yeah, they and they and then had album. all the that was set, and then just know, huge solo. Every careers. song on it was like, oh holy shit! And then they broke up, and then you had Eric Clapton. But it seems like you'd think for like when you just hear like, oh these are their hits, you're like, oh okay, so they must have had a few albums. Like no, those were all for one, one album. album. Yeah, and then moved on. And actually, three of Hendrix's albums made it to the top 100 best albums of all time. I think the top one being uh, Are You Experienced Mm -hmm. was his uh, top one. But Clapton did say he played just about every style you could think of, and not in a flashy way. I mean, he did a few of his tricks, like playing with his teeth or behind his back, but it wasn't in an upstaging sense at all. And that was it. He walked off, and my life was never the same again. That's Clapton. Um, so then, in mid-November, there's a performance going on at a club called the Bag O'Nails in London. Clapton's there. Bag O'Nails, I like that. So, so Jimi Hendrix is invited to perform. People in attendance to watch him perform, including Clapton, <laughs> John Lennon, Paul McCartney, Jeff Beck, Pete Townsend, Brian Jones, Mick Jagger, and Jesus. Kevin Ayers, yeah. all in attendance. All the stars were there, and I heard serious comments coming from the crowd. You know, shit. Jesus, damn, in other words, worse than that. So this was just Loopy. people, this is just him playing and people being like, Jesus Christ, what the, what fuck? the fuck? Yeah. Like, fuck, this guy's good. Yeah. yeah. Coming from Lennon, McCartney, Townsend, <laughs> like, like just, just Keith Richard, like all these people in attendance. Yeah. Um, and then he got the nickname Mr. Phenom- uh, Phenomenon. Yeah. Almost yeah. had trouble saying Mr. That. Pharm- Mr. Phenomenon. Mr. Pharmaceutical. Um, Mr. Fam, Mr. Fam. And he got his first magazine interview after that in Record Mirror. uh, And that was the headline was Mr. Phenomenon, that he got this first job with them. Uh, And then he started to put out a bunch of his different albums, Are You Experienced? Uh, Are You Experienced? Made it all the way up. It spent 33 weeks on the charts. It peaked at number two. The number one album at the time was Sgt. Pepper's Lonely Hearts Club Band. It was the only album to keep it from reaching number one. Jimi Hendrix's response to this was him doing a show that he knew the Beatles were in attendance. Paul McCartney and George Harrison were there. And he stepped out and in, like, this isn't him insulting them. This is him giving them props. The first song he plays when he comes out on guitar is Sgt. Pepper's Lonely Hearts Club Band with them in attendance. Wow. And they took it as the biggest compliment they've ever received. That he came out and goes, like, you guys kick ass. I'm going to open with your song because your album top mine. Yeah. And then they're like, we're never playing that again. <laughs> yeah, and he just fucking, just fucking killed, killed it. it. Now, by the way, uh, I, I've been over here trying to find something on my phone. And uh, I was looking up the, the, the stump at, <laughs> at the Apollo yes. Theater. And it looks like it, I, I was having trouble finding it, but it looks like it might have been there. 
So that tree stump might have had touched by Jimi Hendrix, and potentially even Buddy Holly and all them, because it looks yeah. like it looks like the tree might have been cut down. If they let Buddy Holly touch it, maybe he showed him like, hey. hey, 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 hey. <laughs> But it looks like it got chopped down in 34. and Because it was actually in front of a different theater and then mm. got sent there. So Sorry, that's a, a weird side oh, note. But I, no, no, no. But I really did want to know. I'm like, was that, was that there then? And it, it, it looks... Yeah, I mean, I can't been. find a definitive answer, but it sounds like at least the tree was cut. Because it was in front of the Lafayette Theater first. And then they cut it down. That's awesome. And sent it over. So it's like... So, so many, so many shitty amateur rappers have, have, t- <laughs> yeah. have touched that, and shitty comedians. Yeah. A lot of, people who've been booed off have, have touched that yep. stump that Jimmy Hendrix If you touch it, I don't know what kind of luck you're going to get out of it. Yeah, but. Jimmy Hendrix got all of it. Yeah. yeah so. Ooh, ooh, he's like touching it. He's like, what's happening? <laughs> yeah. He's part tree. Yep. Now he's part tree. Um... But the Monterey, we talked about the the Monterey Festival. Yeah, the Monterey Pop Festival. This was this was huge because what made pretty much him or or really catapulted him, and then also yes. Janis Joplin and like yes. one of those guys, right? And one of the huge... most iconic pictures of Jimi Hendrix besides Woodstock. Um, this is the place where he set his guitar on fire. Yeah, at the end of the show. Yep. He was also just to bring it back. He was introduced by That's Brian right. Jones. Brian Jones. Yes. Brian yep. Wilson mm-hmm. from the first... Yep. <laughs> uh, the Beach Boys. No, Brian Jones, uh, uh, founder of the Rolling Stones. And mm-hmm. he actually introduced him as the most exciting performer I've ever heard was his intro for Jimi Hendrix coming on stage. Mm-hmm. Um, Which is also kind of a shitty intro. I mean, like, that's always, uh, at least that for, for comics and stuff, like, it's kind, oh, of, yeah. it's kind of horrible. If you're like, this is the funniest man on the planet, oh, you're like, oh, fuck, fuck I you. can't. Yeah, now we'll never live up to but, that. But... I'd say probably at this point, everything he's done, it's probably Jimmy okay. Hendrix would be like, totally, think, could do that. I think, yeah. I think could live up Of, of the people to say that. That's, yeah. And actually, <laughs> McCart- to say that before. Paul McCartney was on the board of the Monterey Pop Festival, and he's the one that said, you don't have a festival without Jimi Hendrix there. Wow. That was Paul McCartney saying, like, this will wow. be the guy that makes your show. Um, just the just the stuff like for four years. Too bad the Beatles couldn't be with themselves the way they were with other artists. You know, right with <laughs> they, each other. Yeah, too bad they couldn't like each other oh, yeah. the way they liked and wanted to promote other artists. Right, <laughs> but they exactly. Were, I mean, they also probably didn't like share creative stuff with those people. I mean, like didn't clash creatively with those other people. No, no, that's what I'm saying. It's yeah. it's too bad because. Yeah. <laughs> nope. So after the Monterey Pop Festival, Jimi Hendrix is introduced to Jefferson Airplane and goes on tour with them. Nice. They have five shows set up. After the first two, he was opening for Jefferson them. Airplane. Yeah. After two shows, because they were they were popular with the uh, you, you want somebody to love and the, yep. the, the Alice song White Rabbit. Like, yeah, the White Rabbit. That's what. It and then later became Jefferson Starship. Then just Starship. Then just Starship. And now they're back to Jefferson Starship. Yeah. Which is interesting. But what's what's cool is they had this five show tour and after the first two the promoters go we're gonna flip you guys <laughs> jefferson airplane you're opening for jimmy so sorry and that's weird uh yeah, that's, that's a weird experience I've had, I've had and this isn't me bragging but i've had that happen at comedy things where it's like hey why don't you close out the show tomorrow night and i'm like oh that i would rather not like that like yeah it just right. makes me feel awful i would rather yeah. i'd rather yeah. do what i'm contracted for would that be a pay increase if they if they? Well, it ended up not happening because then I was like, well, then I want to get headliner pay, and then yeah. they're like, oh, well, we, uh, and I'm like, yeah. yeah, we're contacted through an agency. But that was like the the host was asking for that, and I'm like, oh, that feels weird. I'll do it because I'm a whore, but because <laughs> Daddy liked the stage time, but for sure. Um, after Jefferson Airplane, they got booked as being the opening act for the Monkees' first American tour. The Jimi Hendrix experience? Jimi Hendrix, Hendrix experience, but they left that tour after six shows. Kind of a mutual thing, because the fans who went to see the Monkees hated Jimi Hendrix. And probably the people who Because they're all Jimi young Hendrix. teenagers. They and were young teenage girls, and Jimi Hendrix didn't appeal to them, which blows my mind. That is no, crazy. Well, uh, just a different type of crowd. Just a different, no, 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 different like, poppy of, young teenage Yeah, because the Monkees, it's a very poppy thing. And, I mean, yeah. and they were, you know, the Monkees were, I, I, I don't want to say fake band because they could actually play and sing and stuff but they were they were created to be characters for this tv show yeah. and wrote songs for that mm-hmm. so they they were very they were they were kind of the first pop or the first boy band if you will kind of yeah your your, your first end sync over is just like well we just got an idea and some uh, some cute fellas huh huh we wrote some songs here you go you know i, what I, I mean? love like, that no. we've got an idea and some cute fellas uh, we got That's... some we got we got a couple of uh, swell ideas and some hot dick let's get let's get out there and, <laughs> let's get out there and make some money Come on! No, you see this? Is what the girls want? 
I'm going to keep doing this till one of you starts talking. Oh, sorry. So, <laughs> the experience played... They played two sold-out concerts in 1969 at Royal Albert Hall in London, which is a huge venue. Um... Are you... Did Caleb just quit? I, nope. But, <laughs> sorry. But, that's why I started like going, sorry. But closely after these performances is when the band broke up because I talked about Noel Redding, the, the other guitar player. He, at that point, had grown tired of how Hendrix handled the band, how he wanted basically full control over the creative processes. Um, and processes. just Processes. Processi. Mm-hmm. And how he was so... his. It was named an unpredictable work ethic okay. on when he wanted to really work. Like, there were times that he's like, I'm going to go off on my own, whatever. I know we're supposed to be playing, whatever. And then there'd be times like, guys, now. We're playing now. Let's play. And that's right. probably, I, I think I'm doing the Now. Play. I'm going to play now. No. I want to play now. Purple haze all in my eyes. <laughs> play now. Uh, the last performance of the experience was at Denver Pop Festival in June of 1969. Uh, it was a three-day event held at Denver's Mile High Stadium that was marked by police using tear gas to control the audience. Oh. Um, the band narrowly escaped the venue by jumping in the back of a rental truck, which was partly crushed by fans who had climbed on top of the vehicle. Yeah, take that, Jim Morrison, you and your slacks riots. Yep, that's this how, is a that's real how, one. That's how you really do it. Yep, you bend a rental truck. <laughs> And get tear gas. Yeah. Oh, you just whipped out your dick and said, come with me, fuckers. And that was... <laughs> you got arrested for that. <laughs> like a year after he tried. <laughs> yeah. Oh, boy. Um, after the band broke up, Hendrix moved to uh, upstate New York in an eight-bedroom house um, near Woodstock and then basically took vacation, like stopped performing, stopped doing anything after the band broke up after the show in Denver, where he was then approached uh, and did an appearance on The Tonight Show. Um, and then later on, Woodstock. So it's Woodstock, 1969. Uh, he's probably one of the biggest things, but the biggest thing people remember from Woodstock was his rendition of the National Anthem. Yes. Um, and a lot of people took it as a, a anti-war or kind of a... Because the way he played it, a lot of people who were pro-America and pro-military... Well, it's because he, he improvised in the middle of it in parts, and that's And they took it as an insult. And yeah. he was the first artist to really use a lot of different techniques that people didn't even think of with electric guitars. Like, everyone's like, oh, you avoid the feedback, get rid of the feedback. No, he, he used he it leaned, as a music. He loved it, yeah. into it. It's and amazing. All of it. He used, and he actually used it to make notes and make music well, he, out of that he also made it popular the uh, the wah-wah pedal yep uh, mm-hmm. which is amazing and he, like yeah like, you make it sound so like uh, a teacher from peanuts uh, where it's like wah 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 sorry wah, wah, uh, but, wah, but no but he he actually he was one of the first to actually explore the the full range of what the electric get electric guitar could do not just hey look it, it sounds different plugs into speakers because that's how everyone just played it. it was very clean and crisp yeah but it was like no you can use that can be one of the instruments the the fucking amp the, can, <laughs> can be a part the game. of yeah. exactly well, all that stuff can be a part of the sound it's, it's he was kind really of, one of the first who did that well it's kind of comparable to um uh this is weird to say, but it's like comparable to what Bing Crosby did with uh, like the a microphone. Pedal. Well, no, no, with the microphone because when he would uh, record songs, he actually uh, used it as like a performance to the microphone and fully explored what a microphone could do for the yeah. voice and, and really do that and explored it. Whereas most people would just sing in front of a microphone, he sang to it and made yeah. sort of that thing. So, uh, Jimi Hendrix's exploration of a distorted electric guitar yeah. was similar in the fact that he found more ways of you really engaging with the medium rather yeah. than just performing at it. And another similarity with Jimi Hendrix, Ben Crosby set his children on fire. Oh, God. <laughs> Sorry. Oh, boy. Um, He's oh. Known, for, known for being a dick. Anyway, yeah, yeah, abusive. No, uh, well, I mean, a little bit so is Jimi Hendrix. He was a bit of an abusive drunk. Yes. They said that, Ooh, like, when he was yeah. when he did drugs, Accidental he was fine. segue. Yeah. If he did, if he drank, and I think, and it, it, again, it was hereditary, especially when mixed with drugs, yeah. but anytime he drank alcohol, especially hard liquor or mixed with drugs, he became violent. He has plenty of things of assault on other people. There was one guy that, like, he thought stuff was stolen by a band member, and uh, Cox, actually, I think. Sorry, <laughs> the guy from the military with the, the, the Billy Cox. I, I know, Billy Cox. <laughs> just to go, Cox, I Cox, think. I think. <laughs> um, I'm thinking about Cox. He thought he stole stuff from him and attacked him and chased him away from his house by throwing rocks at him while drunk. Wow. And he also went to jail. He broke a like whiskey bottle or liquor bottle, uh, caused a, a girlfriend that he was with at the time to get stitches by hitting her with a bottle. Oh. 
So very Guys, abusive drunk. You're not supposed to do that. To yeah, women. don't. No, to anyone. No, really. But, but but mainly women. Don't. Yeah, don't. Yeah, you know, let's not hit women. I'm not, or any or anyone. I mean, or anyone. You, you shouldn't yeah. hit anybody with a bottle. But I'm right. just saying. I'm saying if you want women to like you. Okay, mm-hmm. that's you shit. You know, because I mean, because there's some guys who are just like, ah, you're crazy. But like, most, it's rare a woman gets hit with a bottle and turns around and goes, you nut. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, it's not good. You know what I mean? It's pretty much a game I mean, if the, if the end goal is to woo, mm-hmm. yes, mm-hmm. I perhaps mm-hmm. just start by going, woo. Just, but I, <laughs> that's how you start. I mean, in, in general, people won't like you if you no gen- you generally no, most no. General. most people most people yeah. but i but, yeah. i mean some people have a thing I, that's what i'm saying but I, I think most of those would be men you know what i mean of you think? who i you know i would think so of who would of who would enjoy having a bottle smashed over their head there's so many youtube videos of guys smashing bottles on their own heads that's really? true yeah Oh, that is a, that is a YouTube rabbit hole I've never been. Down. Yeah, well, the Ooh. the fun ones are the ones that don't break right away. Oh, oh, and and oh. and you can feel fine about laughing at them because they're doing it to themselves. Yeah, because they it, just start hitting themselves. Is it? And, and a Jack and Daniel's bottle is harder to break on your head than oh, you think it is. It is absolutely. They're not even like sugar glass or anything. There's no guys being... like guys just trying to be like, look at me, smack, smack, smack. Oh my and, god! I think I saw a video of a guy knocking himself out by hitting himself with like a Jack oh, Daniel's that's... bottle. I mean, sorry if we're talking about videos real quick. One of my favorite. videos... Videos I've ever seen is a guy who tries to he tries to uh, chug an entire bottle of Patron and he's like, oh I'm gonna do it guys and like you see him like crack the label and he's like so this you guys know this real it's not something else besides tequila he starts drinking it he gets about like three big glugs deep it's like three or four glugs deep and he just goes oh I can't do it oh turn the camera. And he throws up into the bottle and like throws them all around. And he like kind of tries to drink it oh, again, no. and it's like vomit and tequila. I'm like, you're an idiot. I just drank <sighs> a, a full Jack Daniels bottle. Uh, it was uh, it was full of tea though. It was for my Cinco de Mayo sketch a few weeks ago for my Every Day in May nice. video challenge that I'm doing. Go check out my U- my YouTube page. <laughs> Follow me on Twitter at Ooh. Nielsen Nonsense. And uh, I'm sorry, that just that was no, a, no, no. It was a good plug. It was a really dumb segue. It was a little, little, little ham fisted, but I liked it. A little. <laughs> it was it was fucking ham tanked. It was mm. just. What do you got there, Steve? Ham taint? It's it's. Tainty. I have one more name drop in 1970 because we're getting. He died in 1970, but he also jammed with Steve Winwood in 1970. Ooh. So we're at the point in 1970. Yep, higher love. And Jimi Hendrix. Did Jimi Hendrix write higher love? Sorry, better love. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Go back to part two. So we're we're approaching the end of the episode. We're in 1970. So his death, Jimi Hendrix. How old? <laughs> that joke, never gonna get old. that joke will never stop nope, being old. No, nope, love it. Um, so the the details of his last day and death are widely disputed. Um, some, he was in London. Some people think I was wrong. Not some, Paris. He was in. I was going to say some people think he died in the exact same spot as Keith Moon. Did. Yeah, the, some people do. Those, people are misinformed. Yeah, those people would be fucking idiots. If they listen to the last episode, I will correct them. <laughs> and if they listen to two episodes ago, I will encourage I will play that. episode two for them. Uh, <laughs> but he he died in London. Uh, the only witness was uh, a woman named Monica Daneman. Um She was making a meal for them at the, the hotel she was staying in. They shared a bottle of wine. Oh, so this she, was her room? Yes. Okay. At the hotel. They shared a bottle of wine, and around 11 p.m., that's when they shared it, then she drove Hendrix to the resident of a friend oh, okay. at approximately 1.45 a.m., where he remained for an hour before she came back and picked him up. So hey. she drops him off for an hour. Then they go back to her flat. It's three in the morning. They talked until seven in the morning. Flat or hotel? It says flat, but I, I think but it means the it same. Hotel. It's still, it's the her apartment was in the Samarkand Hotel. So she was staying in a hotel. Yeah, but it's where she lived basically. Mm. It's in Notting Hill. Mm. Um, it's in Notting Hill. Yeah. Mm, okay. She woke around eleven a.m. They went to sleep at seven a.m. She woke at eleven a.m. and found him breathing, but unresponsive, unconscious. Called for an ambulance. At 11.18, paramedics arrived at 11.27. They took him to a hospital where he was pronounced dead at 12.45 p.m. Mm. on September 18th, 1970. Uh, the cause of death that the coroner gave uh, was basically aspirated uh, his own vomit and died of asphyxiation. Yeah, choked on his own vomit. Uh, yeah. while, bar- while barbiturates were in his system. Um insufficient evidence of circumstances declaring it an open verdict on what caused it 
Uh, man, every single one of these we've covered, like it's it's essentially overdosing or, or dying from partying, but there's a completely different way of phrasing it for each one of these we've mm-hmm. covered. Even though yeah. the popular ones, yeah. Yeah, because well, Brian Jones was the was the death by misadventure. I know yes. I know they found him in a pool, so yes. there was there's a lot more like something happened, you know, but like. Yeah. And then with Jim Morrison, there was just like uh, no autopsy. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Well, that, but I everyone think, I think keeps that's, everything that's, so but secret that's at an, the I time. Think that's another element of these and why of the so Twenty Seven Club why they're so yes. legendary. Yeah. Yes, I do Come think. Come on in. There's a door opening. Hey, Mar. Hello. That's okay. You're okay. It's raining out. You should get in here. Um, but when they We're done. when they interviewed Danaman, which is the person who owned the the flat or hotel or whatever you want to call it that he was in that he died or that he passed out in before they got into the hospital they interviewed her again and was asking her and she revealed that okay yes he had taken nine of my prescribed sleeping tablets wow vesperax is the name of these sleeping tablets that's 18 times the recommended dosage holy shit so yeah that'll put you out pretty well wow so you're supposed to take half of one pill yeah he took nine (laughs) he took nine whole ones wow that's so many well you stay up till 7 a.m and then you're jamming sleeping pills when you've already had you split a bottle it's 7 a.m you should go to bed just pass out yeah it doesn't matter where or you know take two times the amount that's still rock star enough yeah. Take a whole pill instead yeah. of sure. instead of that's half. A, that's a that's a sixteen hour night's sleep. That's yeah, a, <laughs> I mean, that's that's still like that's that's rock star enough. Yeah, a pill instead of just a half, yeah, and then wake up and then drink a rock star. Yep, exactly. That's rock and then go star right back to work, and now. then go be go be a rock star. Yeah, and then go play like guys. We got this whole rock star. Go play a video out. game by rock star. <laughs> that's rock star. Yeah, enough. and then go watch the movie Rock Star. That's rock star. And then listen to the Ben Fold song Rock Star. That's rock star enough. God. Then, then go draw a star on a rock? <laughs> That's rock star enough. That's, that is a rock star. That's a star rock. Um, That's rock star. Oh, but really, it, it, I, so he I, died in London, but he is buried in Washington. They okay. flew his body okay. back, so he's buried yeah. in his home state. That's that, uh... That rock star bit was probably my favorite thing we've ever done. Thank you. In our, not that only, makes it pretty rock star. Yeah, it's not rock star. Not only, not only in the show, but in our history as friends. <laughs> Yay! Is, I mean, I, I was going to say, it's coming up on quite a few years now. Yeah. Almost a decade. Our anniversary. Yeah. Our man-aversary. Yeah. Man-aversary. Mm-hmm. Well, you guys have already known it'll, each other for, for We've passed a decade. I will know you guys As the trio. As the triage. Fall. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah, because I remember you guys were right. already at, at, in, at yeah. for a year. Oh, my gosh, yeah. Yep. Fantastic. Next September. What a, what we'll a, throw a party. What a, what a gay tangent that was. Oh, sorry. Yeah. Sorry, everybody. <laughs> and I mean literally in that we were just talking about our anniversary. <laughs> yep. My anniversary. But uh, any, anything anything else on, uh, on the oh. old? No, that's that's everything on Jimi Hendrix. Again, he was yeah. just... Everything. Nothing could be expanded upon. No. It, that's all we got to fill this, but... Right. Um, the one thing, though, like we did talk about, just... Hey, fill this. <laughs> One of the first people to really experiment with stereophonic sound yes. and all, like just just feedback and I'm trying to think of the other the other word I'm going, but frequency, but like all this stuff, like just the distortion. static and distortion. Yeah. One of the first people to use any of that just, to yeah, make music any, to on purpose. Literally, literally any noise the guitar could make, he experimented with it and no one really did before. I mean, like, yeah, you, you guys said it. It was like before the, the feedback and the distortion that was considered like, oh, no, that's that, that makes that's, it sound like shit. Well, or that's, right. or that's broken. I mean, he was, he was one of those people and I don't think uh, he's exactly credited with the first one, but uh, distortion started as uh, someone continuing to play on a broken speaker because uh, there's like fabric there and it and right. it tears. Uh, he's one of the people who would have intentionally been like, "Oh no, we'll keep playing with the tears because it sounds yeah. flipping good." Yeah. So like where some people didn't embrace it, he did and made it a whole new kind oh. of thing. Is yeah. And then people invented distortion pedals. Yes. Yeah. And, and whole new ways to just and make I, it sound that way. I, and he just stumbled upon it. Leaving this episode, I encourage you whether you've heard it before or not, listen, listen to, to our podcast. Listen <laughs> to our podcast. No. Uh, go li- go listen to the Star Spangled Banner by Jimi Hendrix. It's a really quick piece. It's 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 amazing, and it is listed as his top performance of all time. Oh, really? Is that performance at Woodstock of him what, playing the Star Spangled Banner? When you say top Banner. performance, like the most like played, the most purchased. The it's most... Rolling Stone listed it as 
out of his 100 performances, that's number one. No, okay. they 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 listed all 100. They listed 100 performances, which that's a lot to that's find. A, well, no, a that's a lot, and also I think that's another testament to we said to Rolling Stone magazine to go <laughs> out and get a go buy a Rolling Stone. Magazine. I think it's a testament to to what we've been saying is how much he played. Who he played with in such uh, a in, short, in, such, in four years, just four years, yeah. just in those, four the years, names in four Rolling years? Stones, Beatles, yeah, just everybody. Steve Winwood, uh, <laughs> little 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 Richard. I mean, he's I was like I said, it was the uh, he in four years he has a top one hundred performances. Yeah. yeah, in four years and in four years changed rock and roll music right and a top two album only behind a beatles album uh he's had multiple top 100 songs i have in in 29 years of life that i have i don't think i have a top 100 moments yeah that's, uh, that's really it's shitty sad. and depressing let's end on that a jerk i'm no, just but making just a joke even songs that <laughs> even I made songs, a, joke. Like, got real. a lot of his songs are, are are covers the ones he started like hey <laughs> yeah, joe yeah, yeah, yeah. is yeah. not not by him yeah. and all along the watchtower and stuff like that but then some of his originals... That was written by Bob Dylan, right? Yeah. yeah. And some of his originals, though, Purple Haze, Foxy Lady, uh, Are You Experienced, um, what's the other one? Uh, Machine Gun. Mm-hmm. Just those, like... And Machine Gun is a great song, too. Yeah. Because that one, really, he uses the guitar to make the sound of bombs falling and machine guns and using distortion and using yeah. just the sound effects. Like, that song's really good. And those are all written by him, and those are all amazing songs. I, I think to, to really... Let's wrap this up, guys. I'm gonna go ahead and say Jimi Hendrix, pretty good at music. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I think, Thank I think, goodness he didn't stick to the broom, because I don't think it would have been as good. But, but the technology that would have been created, <laughs> he would have really found the the, the, the full, best way to play a broom. Yeah, he would have used the broom in every way possible. Every it might know. have found its way into like zydeco music they already have a washboard might as well we use a broom yeah uh, uh stomp and the swiffer would have been created yeah oh man well i think that'll do it that's yeah. right on time so we'll wrap her up here uh thanks for listening we got one more episode of the 27 club and then there's gonna be one more week in may where we're not gonna do the 27 club but we're gonna do our 51st episode spectacular yep which is just gonna be a lot of a lot of silliness but we're because we're wrapping up our first full year we're coming Guys, up on yeah whole year we did it we're coming up on it june is will, will be our our other anniversary yep and, uh, but uh, but until then please uh subscribe to us on itunes and follow us on the Facebook and the Twitters at Advanced BS and email us shit you want. And especially email us uh, maybe any, uh, I don't know if I'm going to make a, 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 any best ofs or whatever, but let me know what your favorite moments would have been from the last year. I don't know if we'll do anything with it, but fuck it, why not? And you can email us that at, at uh, God damn it, that doesn't start with an at. AdvancedBSPodcast at gmail.com. AdvancedBSPodcast. You need podcast in there. At gmail.com. Uh, and then uh, we got one more episode of, of Caleb's uh, birthday month. And, uh, Boom. Maybe, and who knows? Maybe just Steve will completely run the next episode. We'll see. I feel like that's. I feel like this is a gift you set up for yourself with so that Steve... Hey, man. <laughs> Sorry, I really hey like man. Jimi Hendrix. No, no. no, 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 no I love Jimi Hendrix, too. I just hate homework. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, thanks for listening. Bye. Bye. Bye.